Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report, everybody. This is uh, the Comedy Bureau Field Report is obviously a member of the Believe podcast family. Um, Believe is the name of the network, not the name of the podcast in your favorite podcast podcast platform. They'll read as Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. And uh, that's, I didn't make that up. That, that's their choice. And I feel like I have to say that every episode. Anyways, enough of that. Uh, on to another uh, great guest. Actually, two great guests that's part of a bigger group. One of my favorite groups that defies uh, genre definition, but they're all so funny. Uh, it's going to be Ryan Harrison and Dan Oster of Lost Moon Radio, everyone. Hello. Thank you. Hey. Thank you. Thank you for having us. How's it going, guys? I'm going to be the guy who corrects my name out the gate. Yeah, uh, please do. I think, I think when the when the uh, when my ancestors came over, I think it was Oster, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's, mm-hmm. it's been Americanized, and now we go with Oster. So I'm Dan Oster. Oster. Mm-hmm. Okay, I cool. Shamed uh, my Germanic. And character. I'm Brian Harrison. Brian, got it. I'm just gonna blame it that I uh, am post-op from an append- appendix removal surgery. Mm-hmm. That'll do it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you want to call bullshit on that, go ahead. No, <laughs> today's your day. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you're the guest. Great. Yeah. No. No. It's uh... make you more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. No. How's your quarantine been going? Did you have to go to the ER this weekend? No. Nothing I can remember. No, I didn't. I didn't. I have not had to go to the hospital since this started. The only rule uh, of. Uh, covid club that i know is don't go to the hospital for any reason other than covid yep um but are you, you know, Ryan, are you getting like that haircuts until... or are you uh, going on pictures? yeah i have gotten i've gotten two haircuts one uh, was uh huh you bastard <laughs> yeah look at what i'm dealing with here <laughs> oh yeah shit. no i've got well you you live with someone you can get your haircut anytime. To cut off the back like that, you don't need to be a professional. Nah, yeah, she doesn't. That's touch. true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> straight across. Straight across will be fine. I, I did it by myself. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then I waited until, you know, my favorite hair place opened up and I got one haircut. Yeah, I've got haircut? one haircut publicly. Wow. And one wow. private. I've been to the dentist. I haven't done anything. I think I might, Dennis, I might dreading. take an appendix out if it came to that. I think I might even mm-hmm. just look it up. I'll on take YouTube your appendix out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Gentle, gentle bit. Yeah. <laughs> what, is that going to become It's just like a, a snip, snip snip. Jen, Jen can do the appendix. It's just, for appendix, it's just one across. Is this a new task on like Fiverr or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to go with the lowest bidder on life-saving surgery. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. You just save on the on the uh, ambulance and the ER visit, right? Right. You do Joe's ambulance, and you do um, uh, you know your local, your your most local hospital. Right. I am sort of blown away by the number of businesses that have become like, oh, we'll we'll do it over Zoom. 
You know what I mean? There's been some, some like, really, is this just as good? I mean, the obvious one is like, well, okay, your therapist, you're, you're having Zoom calls with your therapist. Like, I feel like there's got to be someone who's at least doing, I know you can actually get eye exams online. Like, you can go to a yeah, website, totally. the distance, and like, yeah, it's, so there's got to be somebody who at least is like, this, or, you can remove this mole. I'm going to show you how. I'm going to talk you through it. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I wonder if that uh, is going to bode well for the post-pandemic of like, how useful those services will be mm. if i yeah, if i was able to do it over zoom you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah so uh anyone listening in uh me having my appendix removed is not a bit i did have to go to the er <laughs> this weekend and uh i i had a severe pain in my uh lower abdominal area and um i went to the er and four thirty in the morning on saturday and they're like you have appendicitis and uh you need to go to sur surgery right away and they did and they got removed um fun fact they they pump your stomach full of air or gas or so something and it leaves you very bloated and that is probably why you're hearing me hiccup uh right now and probably through the the rest of this episode so Apologies I don't think they that. noticed it, Jake, until you, until you commented on it. Right? Yeah, I had no idea. Oh, wow. That's, that's really heartening to hear. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You just sound like Rick from Rick and Morty. I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 said we weren't going to make fun of you, and here I am now making fun of you. It's, it's all good. You know, I wonder sometimes, like, it... Does that like pop into Justin Roiland's just everyday like conversation that he just ends up like talking like Rick or Mor Morty? Probably. Because <laughs> he spends so much time talking like them. I really don't notice it. All right, great. That's gonna, this is gonna be a great episode. <laughs> uh, really, how, um, how's uh, your quarantine been going, Dan? You, no haircuts, no, uh, you know. You just been locked up? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty strict about it. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think because my my quarantine pod buddy, Jen, is pretty strict about it. So we've, we've sort of reinforced each other's like uh, being really cautious, you know, wearing masks to do everything. I mean, doing laundry, which I think I've done like maybe three times <laughs> since right. I do massive loads, you know, I'll go down to the, the laundry room and do like five machines and just try to get it all done at three in the morning. But it is like, it's like something from outbreak, you know, going in in like the hazmat suit and then being like, Oh no, there's, there's a rip, you know, there's a rip in the suit. So we're taking it off pretty seriously over here. Um, I'm sure that I, as this drags on need to kind of make some adjustments, you know, right. um, but we're still kind of we're still kind of in that world. It's only going to be 15 days, <laughs> kind of mindset. After it's like eight months. Yeah, I know. I'm like maybe I do need to like get tested and see my parents. You know, I mean, I've actually I have had a couple of socially distanced dinners with my parents, but I'm like maybe for Christmas I'll get tested and like right. go actually right. over there, you know, and hang out with them for like a few days. Right. That's but yeah, it's been it's been mostly staying home and trying to do everything over zoom yeah i get that that's almost that sounds kind of close to like uh neighbors i had that they just moved i think like three weeks ago they 
had, they went to their first drive-through for food in all, all of quarantine. Yeah, which, which it's is really great. different. I was literally, so we're, we're doing this crazy show and last Saturday where we're all filming ourselves in our, in our house. Um, and we were last, last Friday, we were, um, uh, uh, we were, we were working online and we were realizing that like there was a lag from the Bluetooth that we all had in our ears. So that next morning I drove around and picked up all these like hard, um, wired my you know wired headphones from dan and drove them around to everyone in the cast and it was interesting you could really tell just from driving around and handing them off to each person the sort of different ways that they are the different little levels of kind of um care that they are taking with uh with uh you know how careful they are who's the who's the most extreme you want to you want to uh, I, sh I shouldn't have mentioned <laughs> I should, I I, 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 as I was halfway through that story, I'm like, I shouldn't be telling this because I'm going to ask who's the most extreme. Well, I, I think Lauren and I are on a pretty, we're pretty close. Yeah, I like, think you and Lauren are pretty close. Not the same exactly. So I, yeah. I wouldn't be minding yeah. to say, like, I think Lauren and I are probably on the, on the far end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say so. I would say so. But everybody, well, I, just, I mean, like, I would say, I would also say everyone in Lost Moon is like on the conservative end of like taking care. Like, I'm not, a, I'm, you know, I'm not going to... <laughs> parties um yeah. uh, you're not I taking just, trips uh, to jacksonville so you can like go to a bar and <laughs> yeah i mean i went like the biggest thing i'm doing to stay safe is if i see people i do it outside um and and then yeah i'm, I'm not wiping down my groceries with the same vigor i was like in the beginning of quarantine right. um but uh but yeah, I, I remember after about four months, I went and went camping um, with with a friend, and it was an unbelievable experience actually to just realize this was still possible and felt safe. To be like, oh, I don't live in my six hundred and fifty square foot. Like, I can get out of the six hundred and fifty square feet, and I could go into the natural world, and it's huge and wide open, and that is still available to me. That's well, awesome. that's you know, that's true. I, I I shouldn't make it sound like I'm just staying home. I've been hiking a bunch, and oh, there are so yeah, many. I've seen, I've seen, yeah. I probably will never see them all. You know, if, even if I wanted to, I probably couldn't. So there's been a lot of hiking going on over here for sure. And uh, I've also there's a couple of companies that I really think have done a great service to humanity in this. And it's uh, Blue Apron is fantastic. It's really fun to cook and like have a good meal that you feel pretty safe about. And I really got to give a shout out to uh, the people over at Jackbox Games because I've been doing a lot of Jackbox online. And those are really, it's really fun. I mean, you know, you can have a degree of social interaction and we wouldn't want to stay here forever, but it's doable. Right. That's cool. I, um, I try to stay cautious, but um, I probably am on the more liberal end of... You guys, I, I mean, I wear a mask. I stay at distance all the time, but I go to like check my PO, PO box every day. Like I go outside to do that every day. I go. Well, you can check your mail. I'm checking my mail. I don't want to make it sound. Well, it's a start. It's a yeah. start. I the match to the shotgun. I well, I don't PO live. Box, I mean, yeah. I don't live near my PO box. I have to go somewhere for it. You have to go. But are you going to? I mean, you go into grocery stores. Like yeah. I'm going to grocery stores. 
Yeah, I go to yeah, my, well, P.O. Box, yeah. grocery stores. I mean, yeah. I'm I, having I go to one diner that yeah, does sorry. alfresco. Right. Where Where was it? It's It's Fred 62, man. Fred 62. I was just yeah. by there. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the dude. So many late night diners are have been closed, and thank goodness that place mm. is still open. Mm-hmm. I, I'm Got having a fan over here in Dan Austin. Uh, I love Fred 62s, but I haven't eaten there since I don't know, probably February. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going in grocery stores. Like every time I've I've done the curbside thing, and I swear every time I've gone there, I've seen something that could have been a YouTube video. <laughs> You know, some lady arguing about not wearing a mask. And I'm like, not worth it. Not worth it. I can have this delivered or I can have it put in my trunk, you know? So, Right. I haven't either, actually. I mean, the, it, it is interesting to drive through Silver Lake or Los Feliz. And it's like, what is the, the French restaurant on Los Feliz? I just passed by. Like, they're all pretty close. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, Figaro? Yeah, Cafe Figaro. Like, yeah, I, they got the glass, they got the glass things up, but they're like, they're right there. Even well, walking through work. on the sidewalk. I'm like, this is the, this is the COVID gauntlet right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it is, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, I live in Highland COVID Park. And, at TGI Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I live in Highland Park and they're very, they're taking it quite seriously here. It's a very well-behaved neighborhood. I've actually learned about, this neighborhood in a in a pleasant way through all of this like it's uh uh yeah no 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 big like issues or blow-ups and you know that's that, great that i'm aware of yeah. yeah it's been good oh and i go to protests every now and again that that's the mm-hmm. right yeah yeah and you know i think mass protests, right huh Anti-mask protests. Anti-mask. Yeah, we go to those too. Anti-lockdown. You know, I'm washing the blood. The California. Could not. Could not mm-hmm. get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boat rallies. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, don't those look just so fun? Oh, so I love fun. them. Yeah. All playing games until your boat sinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've always said that. <laughs> yeah. No, but the fun thing about uh, fun thing, the good thing about the protests, everyone's masked. And everybody does try to stay as t- distant as possible. And usually when you're marching, uh, which is just walking, um, people make it sound like we're marching in step. Uh, like you can stay distant for most people, people that way. And I haven't had a problem. Yeah. But yeah. It's still, I mean, it's scary. It can be scary for another reason. You know, you got cop- I, I, helicopters yeah. flying over you, people trying to drive through. It's just crazy how this, I mean, it's all calculated risk. So mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, and, and our feelings about what is safe and what isn't, and what we're hearing about what is safe and what isn't are constantly shifting, if, if just subtly. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, there are these moments of like, is this safe? I'm walking in a protest. I didn't think we were allowed to do this. And, you know, is this safe? I'm outside, you know, at a campsite or, you know, it's, yeah, you're you're trying to be safe, but also, um, you know, not, not go crazy and not go overboard. The truth is I was judging people for having time before COVID. So I've just continued that practice. (laughs) Anyone who's having a better time, I look at them with disdain. But now I have sort of a reason. 
Yeah, an excuse. Yeah. I'm a loathed person. Yeah. Um, I want to get in more to what you guys have been doing as a group in a little bit, but how about some comedy news? I don't have any. I'm okay I with that. Do. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's fine. I, you know, I didn't say bring your own comedy news. This <laughs> Give me a second, I can try and find some. But Yeah, there's yeah. a lot, but there is some, as I will point out. Um, starting off, Funny or Die, which I uh, got reminded just uh, still exists. <laughs> Um, they're going to do uh, I Love the 80s style show for Trump's administration. They're going to have like this uh, series where they have all these panelists like they did for I Love the 80s, I Love the 90s and they're going to go through every god-awful moment that we have all lived through and maybe it's too soon? I don't know. You guys, what do you think? I'm yeah, shaking I, my head. I I, <laughs> I struggle with things like these. Right. I struggle with the like comediafication of like you know dark things quickly. I don't know. It, like me. Whoa. So, I'm sorry. My phone is telling me I'm receiving a call. It's also hooked up to my Bluetooth. <laughs> oh no! What happened? Right. <laughs> So my phone is doing something very peculiar. It's telling you, me that you guys go. Um, well, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, you know, because it's like when you do a comedy bit about something dark, I think you always have to ask yourself, what's the point? Right. Because right. sorry about like, that. Sorry about that. I'm, I was making a very intelligent point, Ryan. It's yeah, okay. he was. I'm sorry. I'm back. You go, Dan. You finish. I was just saying the cost benefit, and I think you'll agree with this, Ryan, the cost benefit analysis of doing comedy about something dark right like you can do it and probably should do it to a certain extent but it's like what's the point you're making and i guess i i haven't seen this so i don't know maybe it's maybe really funny and and, and incisive but uh if it ends up just being like a softening of donald trump that would bother me yeah that that that's where i'm at actually i actually have no problem with dark i my my taste runs to the dark a lot of the time but the uh but i don't like i i I don't like, I feel like comedy has gotten to this place of being like post-ironic, like ironic so fast. It's almost like, is this a joke or is this earnest? And it is a not taking of things seriously. Right. Um, uh, you know, Donald Trump is, 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 is a very scary uh, person and, and uh, the culture that made him is very scary. And, and that's part in some ways of the culture that made him is the right. sort of ironic um, reality star making culture. Right. So yeah, so much of the like proud boys are like, we're doing it for the lulls, man. You know, it's like, yeah. well, maybe you should stop doing it for the lulls and actually consider the impact of the shit you're doing. No, for the lulls, for the lulls. Just for the lulls, so I'm a tombstone. Um, but I don't know. I can't speak to it. I haven't, I haven't seen what they're doing with it. So it no, could yeah, be really, I mean, like, there's definitely like a line between like 
everything's silly and like we're not looking at the gravity and then like i think we all have friends i've been this person i think for a while too on twitter where it's just like every post is just like i'm more mad than i was yesterday and it's like well that also isn't i wouldn't want to be there either right so you have right. to maintain S silly i love silly i love i doesn't my, my like what i like doesn't have to be serious but there's something about it, it you said it down like the softening of of and and normalizing of a character like like trump and this time that um in some ways rubs me the wrong way right or scares I was just me buy it back so we didn't just take a big shit on this thing that we have <laughs> well it's true i have not seen this thing it might be great <laughs> No, I mean, they're making it. I, I approach it warily, but, uh, but, um, but maybe it's great. It'll be called Best Presidency Ever. I, um, so I love dark comedy and I appreciate it. And, you know, I do think there is like a discrepancy between people who go dark for dark's sake. And usually that never works out. And then people who have like a point to it. And, you know, sometimes that borders on, or like veers off to being more funny sometimes that veers off to being more satirical and just like, oh, well, that was uh, very well said. Um, you know, I have a problem hearing tr Trump speak. Like, it really upsets me. Like, uh, I had not, I avoided hearing him talk um, until, like, the debates. I, I would just, like, read quotes of his because he sounds like such a raving maniac. Um, that, I'm like one in the 80s who had a seizure when she heard Mary Hart's voice. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I said that like we all knew that story. Ryan, you must know that. Do you not remember that please, story? Please, elaborate. Uh, I, I actually don't I know that. They did a Seinfeld riff on it where like Kramer had the same problem and it was sort of a reference to that. So it was like early 90s, late Ooh. 80s. But I think it was a woman who supposedly had a seizure every time she heard Mary Hart, who was one of the hosts of Entertainment Tonight, and came roaring back into the news when oh she appeared at the Mount Rushmore rally and gave a oh big introduction to Trump, so tie-in. <laughs> but uh, apparently her, there was one person who literally had a negative physical reaction to hearing her voice, so maybe that's what's going on here. Yeah, maybe. Um, so it, it would just be like, yeah, I don't know how I would take it, especially because, you know, the style of this, uh, you know, dec decade recap shows. I don't, I think it does touch on your point. It, I don't know that they're intending to soften, but kind of recollecting about it and like, oh, well, that wasn't that such a crazy time. Like, well, we're still in it and right. through the worst of it. It's I'm not like, saying that there can't be anything to laugh at, but like, uh, I don't know if this is the way. It Hitler definitely got there eventually, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm Hitler, I'm a funny sketch character. Oh, yay, Hitler's here. And it's like, fine, but that didn't happen in like 1946. Well, I look, I mean, like, on the other hand, like Stephen Colbert is like, uh, uh, particularly on the Colbert Report, got me through those, the Bush administration. That was some of the, uh, that was some of the best satire I've ever seen. Agreed. And he is, um, you know, he's doing something which is dark in the moment and immediately reflecting it. So th there's a way to do it. When I think of Will Ferrell doing the, um, uh, I think, uh, You're Welcome America, which came right after Bush uh, went out of office to the Broadway show he did. Similarly, it was like silly, but it, it, it felt like it had a, 
it was actual satire. I guess that's the difference. Like, is it satire? Is yeah. it an attempt at kind of like driving a knife into, you know, a, a powerful fool? Or is it, uh, or is it kind of uh, just coddling their ego? I mean, the thing with Donald Trump, he wants to be talked about. So right. like, talk about him, uh, you know, be careful when you talk about him. <laughs> when you right. say his name to the mirror five times. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You bring that up about Will Ferrell because I think that SNL, like the last incisive political sketch that I can remember them doing was when he came back as Bush. And he did that, that, that address was like, he started out that place of like, ha ha ha, you know, how do you like me now, right? Like, I look pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then his bit was, but what you forget is, I was a terrible president. Right. <laughs> and then right. like, really unpack how awful he was. And it really, you know, we are just, I guess it's okay that we're just being like critics here, but, but SNL to me largely has abdicated that responsibility oh, yeah. in the last years to, to really do what Ryan's saying, which is drive a knife into powerful, uh, malevolent forces and instead just kind of recreates what we saw it's just content generation it's okay. not it doesn't yeah. actually do anything other than like tick a box hey we did it yeah you know it, well, so I almost feel yeah. So, yeah. like obligated to do what they do like it, it's there's such a established brand with snl and oh. with what their cold open is going to be that you can pretty much predict it yeah yeah it, and it's kind of interesting because it used to be that they got their first because they were a live show and they could turn it around and put it on a saturday night mm -hmm. and now because of the internet they get their last and they have like the softest day oh yeah there's i like the um yeah and and of course you know they famously had donald trump host the show like so did jimmy fallon had 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 trump on his show and tousled his hair and all that too so it's like they, you know, they, it's a fair criticism when you're talking about, um, you know, uh, supporting our, the rise of someone like Donald Trump. That said, I, uh, one thing I'll say, Dan, from SNL that I have loved in recent years was the Matt Damon as Brett Kavanaugh. That was a truly cathartic um, moment on Saturday Night Live. I felt that it was just like, we all listened to that thing. We all watched it. It was terrible and then to see them deal with it that that's that's the power of what it can do happening right. every week at those moments no that's a good point they, they it's because yeah. you know what i'm disappointed because i know what they're capable of <laughs> right <laughs> well we all are we all are instead of you know like you really you're just going to hang on to the fly you're going to go for the low-hanging fruit of the fly that, that's it yeah yeah, and it yeah. doesn't again. It doesn't challenge anybody. It doesn't yeah. make anybody uncomfortable, and then provide a release. Like it's just like, yeah, this reminds me of this thing. Mm -hmm. This fly, okay. another fly. Did it's that a say twelve anything? minute stretch, folks. Buckle up. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, uh, well, how would you guys do it? Oh, turning the tables, eh? Uh, so on on what specifically, like? Trump, because I think we are doing our show kind of is how we would do it, but but uh, that's probably the best answer I could you know talk about how we're doing it in our show. I don't um, know that I, yeah, well, maybe, maybe be a little general and we can go and do specifics later. Well, if I may, Ryan, like you know, Please. we've done the politics show in the, in, in the last four years, we did one right before the midterms, and that was us at our most uh capital steps e 
but but I would like to think a better version. <laughs> they're great, but like they're they're kind of soft too. But you know, they're political comedy. I don't even are they still around? Um, but we did uh, a show in 2018 that was like very much, you know, ripped from the headlines, like politicians. We were, we were rapping as Susan Collins, you know, we were doing all this stuff. Right. And, and that was fun and cathartic. And it felt right for that right before the midterms, getting everybody fired up to vote. Mm-hmm. And this time, you know, this group is such an Obama era group, you know, we got started in 2009. And so when Trump came to power, it was, you know, really a, a, a soul-searching moment for us. And we started doing shows that I thought were really interesting and kind of all different, speaking to that, the, the place that we felt we were in and our audience was in. And so this show, which has been a, a challenge, as Ryan talked about, to just get done in quarantine, we have political comedy in this show, but I am proud of the emotional space that it lives in. Right. And is really talking about, I think, the, the, the internal journey that a lot of us have been on, not just with Trump and seeing all these horrible things that his administration has wrought, but just the, 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 the difficulties of having to go through this on a personal level, being cut off from each other and stuff. So we're definitely trying to like do comedy about a very uh, emotional space. And that right. I think is, you know, it's not unique to us, but it's the kind of thing I get excited about. Yeah, I think the personal angle is definitely the way to go. And that's where people can kind of nitpick less because it's your experience, you know? And I mean, that inherently has a point of view, a perspective, uh, a point. Um, Yeah, I will tell you, Donald Trump does not appear in our show and never has. Cool. I'm fine with that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. There, one, one of the best, one of, one of my favorite shows we ever did was the show after Trump was elected. And just the way our show works is, you know, we usually pick a theme for the show a few months, mm-hmm. uh, two, two and a half months before we do it. And then we generate about an hour of content. So we had decided to do a holiday theme show uh, in maybe October of 2016. And then Trump is elected in November. <laughs> You know, and we already have scheduled Dan Mahoney to uh, fly in from Baltimore to play Santa, who's going to be hosting the show. And the con- the conceit of that show, it, it it's one of the dumbest conceits we've ever had. The radio DJ was Santa, who's um, disillusioned with um, his regular job of giving presents on mm-hmm. Christmas. And he is now pursuing his second job uh, or second dream of being a radio DJ. And at the beginning of the show, he has this alter ego of like Captain Chris and oh, you're on the boat of music or whatever. And little by little, it's revealed that this this character is Santa and that's his reality. It's Christmas Eve, his head elf is calling, his uh, Miss Claus is calling, they're, they're estranged at the moment, they're separated. And I gotta say, it was like, it was amazing because it truly was like one of the dumbest like high concepts we've ever had. But it. it was so emotionally connected to what was going on at the moment. We mm-hmm. were able through Santa's disillusionment to kind of talk about and 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 connect with people who are feeling real disillusionment with Trump getting elected and real sadness. It was sort of a a show about you know grief and and uh, and hope. Um, through this very dumb, high concept. So I, I think we strive when when we can 
to be in touch with sort of the emotional reality of what's going on in right. the moment. Yeah. And, and always one or two stupid. And be, and be silly and dumb. Yeah. Yeah. You, I want, mean, a, you want a dick and fart quotient in there, you know. Exactly. For sure. Uh, but I, yeah. I just was, fart, I remember yeah. doing that show very much. And, and, this, and this experience that I'm working on this one reminds me a little bit of that one too, because I think that was such an unprecedented space to be working in. And we really didn't know what it was going to be like to ultimately do it. And I, I feel that way about this show, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but that was the 2016 show. That was a very rewarding experience. And I remember people coming up afterwards and, and, um, and we just had these really nice conversations that felt very much like we were, we were expressing, uh, people I didn't even know, you know, who had just seen the show. We were kind of expressing a lot of emotion about where we felt we were at that time. That's great. And I do think, I mean, that, you know, not to sound too cliche or generic, but I think going for that humanity is what sort of supersedes everyone's sort of background or stances or whatever. And when you connect emotionally on that level, uh, that really gets to people. It really works. It really uh, clicks. And then you add a, what, what was it you said? Fart quotient? Yeah. There's a com comedy gold for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, juxtaposition. We're not you know, above it. Predictable. You don't, you know, tonally, rhythmically, conceptually. You always want to be moving around, right? In any kind of experience, not even just comedy. You don't, you don't want people to kind of just glaze over. So sure, yeah, you can do. And that's, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, I love Lostman. I was a fan before I joined the group, so I feel like I can sort of talk about it sometimes as an outsider. But one of the things I love about our show is that we do have these multiple gears mm -hmm. uh, that are sort of delineated. You know, we have this host character that uh, it was Santa in the 2016 show, but we have our usual guy, Jupiter Jack, who's like this 70s DJ. And mm -hmm. he really occupies for me like that part of the show. He's the heart of the show. And then that gives us license then to do sketches and songs that can be right. as stupid as we want. Uh, which is great. I mean, it, you, you keep saying stupid, but I like to you know, shine a light on this sort of facet of comedy that is in so many ways stupid, but it's, it's stupid in a way that only clever, <laughs> intelligent people could come up with. Well, Mo Monty Python exemplifies something like that. Mr. Show exemplifies something like that. Monty Python, these are some of the smartest guys, yeah. you know, ever. And they're, they, they love characters who say like, my brain hurts. <laughs> you know, they're, they, 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 they are, they love more than anything, the idiot, mm -hmm. you know? So I think we aspire to, to the same kind of thing. We can be heady and referential and stuff, but we really, the more, so it's just speaking personally, the more I've worked with Lost Moon, the more we've had to do this on a schedule and regularly, mm -hmm. I become much more open about, yeah, it all, it's all, a joke is a joke, low, high, medium, brow, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's all, we, we, we are open to all of those, all yeah. styles. Yeah, we love them. all of our joke children. Yeah. They're all our joke children. Yeah, it makes me think of, um, there's that, the, like, part of the opening of uh, Holy Grail, where uh, King Arthur is, like, coming upon these peasants, and he, and he's like, I'm your king. And like, we don't have a king. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, we're a non-autonomous collective that changes executives every other week based on a vote. And he's like, be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> now you're seeing the violent yeah. inherent system. <laughs> you yeah. seem impressing me.
Yeah, the headiness, the headiness coming up against the stupidity is something that is very that 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 group loves as well. That's the thing you're getting. You're getting just this wide range of comedy in right. that movie alone. You know, I mean, right. I, I may be in the minority on this one, but in Life of Brian, I love that that spaceship bit where he falls. It's the weirdest this, part of the movie. And he just <laughs> yeah. flies in this biblical comedy. <laughs> he falls off that tower, lands in a in a, just for no reason. An alien yeah. spaceship flies by, and it's a pretty long sequence of yes. him. I wonder who came up with that. It's so I don't know how it made it in, but it's yeah. so silly and so whimsical. And talk about surprising you with something that you did not expect. I mean, that really jostles yeah. you. <laughs> sounds like Terry. It sounds like Terry would come up with that. Sounds like it, yeah. I think of that, I think of that it does sound like, uh, it does sound like Terry, one of the Terrys. It does, um, uh, it reminds me of that Mr. Show sketch too, because they can be so heady. But w w one I love by them is 24 is the biggest number. You know that one? No, 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 24. No, that's the biggest number. Now, what are you going to do? 20 after 24, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's the stupidest. <laughs> it's so serious. Like Italian, dumb, generic Italian accent guys, like you know, talking about how there's no number bigger than 24. <laughs> That's great. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, we uh, I want I do want to hear more about your show. We're, just a few more news items to get through, and then we'll get to it. Um, really don't quickly, have to talk about it. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about it. I, ah. I got, the hiccups are gone, and I want to talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, look at that. It's true. Um, so really quickly, uh, Black Monday on Showtime. Just got renewed for season three. The Last OG on TBS got renewed for season four. Um, which is good to hear considering so many other shows got, uh, unrenewed, um, like, uh, glow. Uh, there's, uh, there's no telling which way anything's going to go these days. Uh, from week I to do week. like that euphemism, you know, we weren't canceled. We were unrenewed. Yeah. Isn't that Don't nice? Yeah. We weren't killed. We were pacified. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, what is it like? First look and first refusal are the same thing. <laughs> oh, no, is it an industry maxim? Yeah, well, sometimes like if you read the industry trades, they have all these um, different different little turns of phrases that you know really shine over what how bad they are. Okay. Um, I think yeah, first look is, is like you know, you make a deal with like a production company and they get the first look um, at what you do uh, before anybody else. But that also means they are the, they have to be the first to refuse it before right. you get anyone else. So it depends nicer on how, way. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nicer way to say it. Um, you excited for those shows coming back? Um, you know, is it uh, Hollywood trying to raise more racial equity by renewing shows that ha feature a lot of people of color? Uh, Last OG, that's Tracy Morgan, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I don't watch those shows, but I have been in quarantine uh, taking the opportunity to binge a lot of shows that I should have watched and wanted to catch up on. So I, I made it all the way through 30 Rock pretty recently. So oh, nice. I feel like I've spent a lot of time with, uh, with Tracy yeah, that's Morgan. That's a big one. Yeah, yeah, that's a seven season. And then I actually watched their reunion they did for Peacock, which was very strange and shot under quarantine. 
Right. Um, so it was actually great research because ultimately then as all these things happen afterwards, they show you like the behind the scenes and how everyone's literally like doing it from home and like their children are filming them. And it, it was kind of heartwarming to see that they did. It. Um, and there was some good stuff in there, but, but it was, you know, done under really difficult conditions. Uh, but it's, it's just, I, you know, I'm just so glad after he was so great on that show. And then, you know, he had that accent, which was so terrible. And I'm so glad that he's, you know, doing comedy and, and, and out there, but I have not seen the, the last OG, I'm sorry to say. That's okay. Right. I must admit, I haven't seen it either. Uh, how about Black Monday? Good? You guys see Black Monday? I haven't seen Black Monday either. That's okay. You look. You can you can edit this part out. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you can edit this part out. Just if we haven't seen it, let's just do what we've been doing and be like, you know, they could do better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you know that reminds me uh, as as like I think from the ages of like eleven all the way to like. 18 i would tell people if i hadn't seen a movie or a tv show i would say uh you know i just seen bits and pieces of it oh yeah there you go yeah yeah totally, <laughs> totally that's which is such good. a confusing answer wait well how does that even work <laughs> yeah <laughs> somebody yeah. had it playing in the room this first run movie playing in a room that you were yeah. just in and out of i was like crazy for popcorn during those days you know yeah. it's just <laughs> When I finished my popcorn, I was out of there. Yeah. I can't not have popcorn. Black, Black, Black Monday, is it, 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 do you like these shows? Uh, I have not. Fan? You know, Black I'm Monday a, and Last OG? Uh, I'm with you guys on The Last OG. I have not seen uh, The Last OG, uh, but I have seen Black Monday. And you want to talk about, like, you know, bombastic dark comedy. Uh, it's pretty hmm. great in that regard. You know, it covers, like... Uh, the you know financial crash in the late 80s and oh uh, right okay now i know i I was trying to picture yeah yeah Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's a comedy it's a comedy yeah but Mm. they they go they go really dark with it um yeah and uh it's like you know wolf of wall street with less white people Mm-hmm. Not hard to do. <laughs> yeah, not, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. just have like one. One less white person would be less mm-hmm. white. People. Yep. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if that made it somewhere around the pitch table. If that was like, probably, yeah, yeah, probably. Um. Anyways, those will be coming back. Uh, I mean, that that's the other thing that I keep bringing up when why I mention these renewals. When are these even going to be shot? Because TV shows are in production and they keep getting paused because some crew member gets tested for COVID or talent uh, tests positive for COVID. And it's like- Or Trump would say tested for COVID, let's be honest. Some got, somebody got tested if he yeah. hadn't gotten tested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's seriously. And, uh, you know, unless they're going to do what- um, Have you seen what soap operas have had to do because of COVID? For makeout scenes, they make out with mannequins. No, no way, dude. No. That, that that these are there are moments in this time which are inspiring to the absurdist in me. Right, like fashion masks are a good example. Making out with mannequins and scenes in order to shoot it—it's incredible. The do- baseball it's amazing. They're piping. They have this year in baseball, you can buy for $150, you can buy a cardboard cutout in Dodger Stadium of yourself. And they're piping in 
the mm -hmm. sounds of baseball into the stadium because the players need it right. to, to, to feel normal. Right. Uh, it's just the, at times the height of absurdity. Oh, yeah, well, man. here I thought I could never relate to a soap opera, but now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> What's yeah. funny to me is they try their darndest to like cheat the camera to make it look real, and there's just. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it looks real. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Unreal. Baby in, in that movie, and it's just, it didn't work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, baby, um, what? Are you talking about American Sniper? American Sniper? Yeah, there's yeah, just yeah. a scene. I think is it Amy Adams? <laughs> do I have that right? Yeah. Uh, like holding the baby, and the baby's just like the arms are going doot 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 back and forth. <laughs> Other rhythmic motion. It's so clearly. I don't know why. They, I, I don't know why I couldn't have a baby, but that's what happened there. Maybe uh, that's the, the that's the one knock against you know Clint Eastwood's known for like those eight hour days and like making it easy on everybody. He's like, ah, we'll just have like a shitty looking baby. Why do we want to go through all the trouble <laughs> in the state of California to like get an actual acting baby? You know how hard that is. I've seen dull babies that look like real babies. We can do this. <laughs> if I can talk to a chair like a person for 30 minutes, we can. <laughs> Maybe he thought it was a real baby. Hard to say. Yeah. Uh, soap operas are fascinating to me, though, because they really don't, they don't adhere to necessarily like any kind of believable reality. I remember one time I was flipping around. Bits, I just caught bits and pieces. But I flipped around and I saw the beginning of some show and it was fascinating. Someone was walking into the scene and just boom, voiceover announcement was like, from now on, the role of Dr. So-and-so will be played by, it, it was just like, they didn't, that's how they got you to know that this was gonna be a different actor. And I was like, what? Heavy oh, hand, so heavy hand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so. That's crazy. Uh, one last news item and then we'll uh, get to you guys. Um, the uh, Adult Swim is gonna have another virtual festival. Earlier uh, in quarantine, they had Adult Swim Con, and now they're gonna have Adult Swim Festival, which they normally have in person somewhere in LA. Uh, I think they've done that over the last two years. Um, they just announced it today. It's gonna be on November 13th and 14th, streamed on YouTube. Um, they haven't announced the full lineup, but as you can expect, Rick and Morty's gonna have something to do with it. Eric Andre's gonna have something to do with it. And so is Run the Jewels. Um, you know, a lot of festivals, nearly every festival that was in person that was gonna happen this year got canceled. Um, or postponed to next year, or you know what 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 have you? Um, Adult Swim. Well, a, a lot of other festivals have opted to do uh, something virtual in the the place of them not doing something in person. Adult Swim seems to just be okay with keep keeping doing stuff virtually. Um, do you have any take on that? I mean, like, I mean, how normal is that going to be? I mean, I do think. Live streaming is just going to be a part of how we watch things now, but not permanent, not like completely. It's just going to have to be integrated somewhere, shape, some form. Where is the industry going, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's on you, buddy. Well, you know, first of all, you guys should come to my uh, seminar on Tuesdays and Fridays at the Rec Center, where I, I talk a lot about this stuff. Is it's it called Writing is Easy. <laughs> What's that? It's socially distant with masks. Yeah, it's socially distanced. Um, uh, yeah, it's at the rec center. It's in Burbank. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know where. Where is it called? I, I think there'll be. I think there'll be a hunger for doing things live after this, and I think in the meantime, 
there will be these kind of hybrid models of people trying to work it out. Mm -hmm. uh, it is ingenious. I mean, the, the, the World Series is happening. The basketball playoffs happened. I mean, they made professional sports happen yeah. in 2020. It's kind of incredible. I watched game seven of the uh, NLCS with the Dodgers last night, and it, it was really emotional, actually, because these players, they're in a bubble either with their family or not with their family. They're in a bubble with each other. They, they, you can opt in or not opt in in baseball. Some players, some umpires opted out for the season. You know, same with the other sports. So it's just, it, it is remarkable. Like, there's something beautiful about it. It's like hearing a high school orchestra play a great piece of, like, classical music. It's not going to be as good as, like, uh, as, as the London Symphony Orchestra or whatever, but it will... Um, the, the work, the, the camaraderie that has to go into making things right now has a beauty to it. Um, I, I feel the same way about our show. It's, it's a lot of uh, ingenuity and patience. And, uh, a high school orchestra playing a classical. Well, it's always, yeah, yeah, like a high school orchestra playing a classical piece. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know where it's going. I mean, I, I only hope that, you know, there's work for uh you know everyone who was working before this and and more but it it's right. uh you know uh, you know i don't i don't really know I'm, i mean no one likes to not know right uncertainty is one of the things we run from the most and it's such a strange time where we're all no one can tell you what's going to happen no and uh, anybody that does you, is wrong right mm -hmm. I, and like when people tell me like this is what's going to happen, I, I do find it interesting because it tells me a lot about where they're at. Um, you know, I've learned just in my experiences that myself too, but people would prefer a negative certainty over uncertainty, right? That's oh, the yeah. people that go, it's just going to get worse. At least they feel prepared, you know? Uh, so it's, 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 but it's, the truth is we don't know. And living in that space of not knowing is, is, is tough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you enjoyed any of these, uh, like, you know, there have been live stream comedy shows, of course. Have you seen any of these live stream festivals that have been popping up? Or have you watched anything on live stream that you particularly enjoyed? So when you say live stream, you're talking about when people are doing like stand-up shows and things like that over- Music or whatever. I mean, people are doing yoga. I mean, I saw like, um, promos for this one live stream festival that was like music that was both DJs and like live musicians and then there was like a wellness part to it or it was just guided meditation and uh, people really got trippy with their zoom backgrounds that seemed to be the big thing <laughs> uh, I haven't done a ton of that stuff I'll be honest I, I've mostly been either binging things that have that were recorded 20 or 30 years ago or uh, hiking or cooking. That's been kind of my game. Cool. Yeah, truthfully, I, I, I've, I've, I've produced a couple of things that were in this format, but I've seen only, only a couple of things. I recently saw um, my friend Dan Hoyle do, do a show where uh, it was over Zoom and he had, he capped out at 50 people. Um, and it was just a one-man show and that was really it was really rewarding um 
uh, it was a workshop performances and I mean, it, it's, I, I'm like, uh, you know, I love film and I also love, uh, live performance. So it's, it, it's hard to make the transition from the kick I get from doing live performance or watching live performance of music or comedy to a live stream. It's challenging. Um, but uh, it, it can come across and people are working so hard to connect that there is such a sense of goodwill that you get in these attempts, you know? Yeah. And I think that kind of, that reads and people, you know, forgive bad audio quality or like uh, yeah. the most professional looking thing, although it is getting better every month. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get in there right now while people are at their most forgiving. That's my goal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. The- Ryan was saying at the outset when we were working on this show, he's like, we just have to clear the bar of not doing anything at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we Better could do nothing. People see the show and they're like, I wish they hadn't done it. Then we, <laughs> we failed. But as long as that's not how people feel, we've cleared it. We're good. We're on to the next one after that. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. so bring it to doors. People are excited to watch stuff and see stuff and people are excited to, I mean, yeah. Even in the early weeks of quarantine, I brought this up before, but he was a guest on uh, the podcast uh, previously. Jamil Johnson just like, you know, went into the Lyric Hyperion with a cameraman and just uh, shouted his stand up into a microphone with no audience for 30 minutes. And it ended up yeah. being pretty great. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, I mean, necessity is the mother of invention. So you do get people being like really creative. The, the, I did see, I'm reminded of this uh, uh, songwriter, Hayes Carl, has been doing weekly shows. And that's been awesome. Like, one of the awesome things about this moment is it's less local. Like, it's really cool for us to be putting a Lost Moon show together and be able to be telling people in New York and the East Coast and the Midwest about it. Like, you know, we can only... We've done a theater show for 10 years in Los Angeles. So it's a small amount of... Uh, it's a small market, you know, right. a small amount of people we can get to. So that's been cool to watch, like, sometimes big um, names do things that you, we just wouldn't be able to see otherwise. Yeah, yeah we are having the reunion of the Back to the Future cast <laughs> on our show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Halfway so, through, they're going to zoom in. It's going to be uh, amazing. Well, you know, if it gets to be a part of, like, an Act Blue initiative, I'm sure you can actually make that happen. I literally, I was checking out news before we recorded and uh, there's going to be a Happy Days reunion uh, that's going in support of uh, turning Wisconsin uh, blue. Yeah, that is cool. There is some really cool ones. I saw one um, and I didn't catch it, but it was like a a reading of uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like Sean Penn was, was doing it and I was like, that would be interesting. Yep. To see him come back to that. Oh, yeah. And Brad Pitt was in it too, right? Yeah, there was a lot of people that, like, I guess weren't in the original cast, maybe, so it was a lot of celebrities coming in, but I believe Sean Penn was, that was the one that jumped out at me. I was like, wow, yeah, oh. he's, he left that <laughs> way behind. So it was interesting, mm-hmm. yeah. There were some cool opportunities for that stuff right. going on. Well, you know, why don't you tell me more about this show that you got coming up? Actually, before that, how would you, because I've been curious about this for so long, how would you guys define... Lost Moon Radio. 
how do we do it in the song, Dan? We just did our 10th year anniversary in December. And oh, we wrote God, a, God. a unique a unique song for us because we write a lot of music in the show. This was like a postscript sort of encore song and it was I'll see if I can about find how it. to tell, because it's almost impossible to describe what the yeah. show is. Because there's live radio. Comedy, yeah. radio. So, yeah. There's- uh, It's live radio comedy with music. Right. Um, <laughs> but you guys yeah, are still fighting yeah. through the theater. It was like it's live show. radio comedy with music. Trust me guys, it's not confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, I mean, what I usually say, I usually describe what you're seeing. Uh, if you go to the theater, you're seeing uh, like five sketch actors at um, microphones, and then you're seeing a live band behind them, and then there's a host character. Right. Uh, and, and the conceit is that you're listening to a radio broadcast, that the, the host is a DJ, right. and, um, and when he plays records, you're listening to the actors do sketches or sing like a comedic song in front of the band. But that, that's what you see when you go to a show. Oh, cool. It's, it's a little more high concept than Thrilling Adventure Hour. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's a close reference point. Right. It's really, you know, uh, it sounds complicated and you see it and you go like, okay, this makes sense, right? So, yeah. you, you know, it has all the things that I enjoy in one place which is like oh it's got a story it's got recurring characters but it also has quick comedy bits mm -hmm. and i forgive me if you already said this Ryan, because i was trying to find the script and i couldn't <laughs> but uh uh you know the the central conceit that that ryan and his his fellow co cohorts came up with before i joined the group was that this dj was going to play sketches as if they were songs so he sort of treats everything like it's a song and sometimes they'll have like a funny little contextualization of like, you know, what you just heard was the Meyer family and you know, like that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and that, that structure, it, it requires a little bit of a buy-in from the audience because he doesn't really contextualize it. I guess you could call it like found audio, you know, like why does he have this? Why is he playing this? And that I think makes it hard, a hard elevator pitch. But once you see it, you go, oh, this is what a, what a wonderful way to, to deliver this stuff that's not just sketch blackout sketch blackout right? the, the impulse was yeah the impulse was really to do comedy in an in like an oral like audio medium so that music and comedy could it, it was like a collaboration between uh me and some sketch comedy writers and actors and uh some uh musicians you know um so putting it into this kind of audio space was a way to 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 blend them what was what's cool about working in that medium is it really leaves so much to the imagination because it's not visual so you're really letting we found early on that you can sort of there's a sense of the ever widening eye of where you are um often in a sketch and there's also a um a sense of like the thing you're not saying is probably creating a, a better, uh, a, you know, grotesque picture in someone's mind than what you could actually show them in a picture, you know? Yeah, there was the sketch that was like, who drew this? Who drew this? It's a teacher talking about <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That someone had done of him on the whiteboard or whatever. And you got some, you knew that he, his penis was wrapped around his head like a balaclava. <laughs> There was simply some description, but you didn't never got the full picture. <laughs> little by little, you started to tease that. He, he's angry. Who do this? Who drew this picture on the map? 
<laughs> you know, and it's, you get little details of me with my enormous member wrapped around my head like a ball of clave. You know, little by little, you're teasing out, you know, uh, you think this is funny? This isn't funny. You'd have health problems. <laughs> uh, the other thing about the show that I've always appreciated was you know, this amazing band that we have that really can, you know, you, you get comedy music. Uh, a lot of times it's in a specific genre and they keep coming back to it. You know, Lonely Island did a lot of great stuff with rap and continues to do stuff like that. Um, but the last band, like they're so good at hopping from to, to very specific genres, you know, like funk rock, if they feel like it, stuff like that. And, and uh, it's great because the music for me has always been like the perfect straight man to a, just a ridiculous song. Like the, the, the focus of the song, the lyrics can be ridiculous, but the, the music is playing it so straight. I mean, we got a lot of mileage out of that in uh, any, I think the 2018 show in particular, it's never, you'll never go broke setting like right wing ideology to beautiful music. <laughs> for, for, for instance, in, in this, in, in this show, we wrote a song that's like, um, it's sort of in the style of like Laverne and Shirley or like seventies female empowerment music. Like I am woman, hear me roar, like very specific sort of reference points, but it's, it's sung from the point of view of these, kind of specific grocery store going Karens who like go to grocery stores and like don't wear a mask and throw their groceries around. But it's just like empower, it's called independent thinker. And it's like empowering, you know, I'm making my voice heard, you know. Right. That, 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 you know, uh, uh, pairing the musical style with the hook the narrative is yeah there's a lot another one from from a few shows back it was called let the market decide and it was like this hippie like let the market decide <laughs> you know, like, beautiful like you know we're all we're all in this together and yes yeah, so it's always easy to do that um but again the music really legitimizes the uh, the incongruity of what you're saying in a way that you really can't do any other yeah. way well, i think it makes you guys really stand apart i mean you know the way that you use the music like that and and you really operate like a theater company versus like so many other sketch groups that i oh, dear. No. <laughs> we don't no, we, do it's true that we are theater. theater kids in a lot of ways yeah we are yeah 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 um, no it's it's totally true yeah what was there a decision behind that did that just organically happen you know, I, 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 to me, what it shows is that you put a lot of care into the shows that you put together. Where sketch groups, sometimes it feels like, let's say, you know, you got a monthly residency at UCB or something, you got to put you got to put up a show every month. I mean, that is definitely true about Lost Moon Radio. We don't get there first, but I like to think that we put enough thought into it that it's it's something you didn't expect. You know, it was a way in that you hadn't seen before, and was really unique to it. Um, I'll pooch another, can I pooch a sketch premise? I guess. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Because there's, like, there's one in there that was um, originally pitched by, uh, and by the way, another great thing about the Lost Moon is we got this great community of people. So uh, uh, at, a, at one of our brainstorming sessions, Brandon Baruch, who uh, is, one of, is our talented lighting designer, he hasn't really had much to do on this show, unfortunately, because we're all doing it from home. But he pitched a really funny idea that was, it was essentially like, pornography that took place in like an alternate reality, like a liberal fantasy where Hillary Clinton was president. 
And like that was that was the draw of it. That was what was so hot about it. <laughs> like you, the, again, the widening eye, you like start to learn like, wow, I'm really into this. I don't usually like pornography, but this is fantastic. Um, and I like that piece because it's like, we could do that piece a year from now, two years from now. And it, it wouldn't be like, oh, someone got there before us. It's such a bizarre, ridiculous concept, but it really works because when, when we read it, it's like, yeah, this is kind of, this, this is kind of exciting. I, I want to hear more about this universe where, you know, AOC is a Supreme Court justice, <laughs> and also, uh, you know, hardcore adult pornography. Right. Yeah, that really I think, I think I think, too, like, I mean, it's just a function of trying to keep something together. You have to get organized and you have to define, um, you know, roles and you got to talk about, it's like a relationship. It's like a romantic relationship, but with 14 people. You know, everybody's got to be happy and everybody's got to be heard. And um, and so I think it's mostly born out of, of that. I mean, we're proud to say we've been together for 10 years and we're, you know, I'm very proud of the show we're making right now. Um, and that's 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 not easy because it's hard. You know, it's it's just hard to be in a band. It's it's hard to, to get along and it's hard to. Uh, um, it's a very intimate space, people's creative worlds. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it's as, it can be as um, difficult to tell someone you don't like the joke they're pitching as it is to say you don't like the way they cut their hair or like, you know, um, whatever, you know. <laughs> we don't like a haircut. Uh, it's funny, yeah. this, is, this is the uh, the problem with, uh, well, it's not like we're a democracy, but we are definitely, uh, we're an autonomous collective. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is a authoritarianism, right? You just like, like, like SNL, <laughs> where someone at the top just decides kind of, you know, what it is. And it can be messy and it can be frustrating. And it's like whenever you loop in that fourth person, they invariably disagree with what the other three people had, uh, had settled on. But, uh, you know, that's, that is the process that ultimately yields something. Um, because we don't, you know, we don't, we, it ends up, it ends up going through the gauntlet, going through the, the paces, it gets, it gets tested before it goes out. You know what I mean? And we are asking ourselves, what's the point of this? And is this working? And can we cut this? Right. And it's not a lost moon show if great pieces don't get cut, you know, and yeah. it's tough. It is. It's a tough I, I also, uh, it, we, I do think that was kind of like a, a way comedy was moving when we started out was the opposite was, you know, a sense of like the slapdash and the sort of like uh, quick and dirty aesthetic um, and way of working, which has its place. But we, we were, I think, in some ways um, doing the opposite of that. Yeah, I think you're very much a response to so much sketch comedy. I see that like they um, it is I mean, you know, sketch cram has been a thing at UCB for so long. And it's like, oh, let's just write a thing and put it up the same day. And with the expectations of that, people kind of are like enjoying this sort of controlled chaos. But then to turn on the other corner and see what you guys do, how everything is so crisp and perfected and we're like, oh, well, if you take your time, this is also great. Yeah, exactly. They're just yeah. different forms, you know, uh, knowing the beats of the sketch and going out and riffing uh, can be a lot of fun. Like you said, controlled chaos. 
the Lost Moon Radio, it's like you have your script. So <laughs> if you're going to go off the script, it is a choice that you're making. And maybe you will. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll improvise a little bit. But generally speaking, you know, we're rewriting the show up until the last performance of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that like the first show sucks, but like we, you know, we refine and we learn and we're continually honing the words and the lines and right up until the end. Yeah. What, guy, what brought you guys to um, doing a show now? Virtually, you know, with everything that's going on, obviously, you know, you've hinted at it. It's like commenting on what's going on right now. Um, you know, not, and you have to do it virtually, right? Because you, you're, not, you're not some crazy people who are just like, you know what? The fascist governor's orders be damned. With sketch <laughs> comedy is essential work and we need to show it to the people. <laughs> Yeah, we are uh, redefining ourselves as a as a restaurant. <laughs> a restaurant, the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. It's we're essential. Well, uh, you know, we were talking. Ryan and I and, and Dylan had sort of been talking a bit about doing a pro- doing something, and uh, and even really even before COVID, I was hoping to do a, another political show because I just enjoyed what we had done so much in 2018, and then this happened, and we all kind of just tried to make it through the first few months. Mm-hmm. But as, as uh, that we're on, I just became on my own journey. I started to feel very aware of uh, what I felt like I was missing and what I needed in my life. And I was like, boy, it would just be so great to reconnect with my friends and start making this thing that we love collectively. I think it would be really good for me personally. I suspect it would be a great space for them as well to have this thing to work on. And we do have a really strong connection with our fans. And I was like, that would be, I think that would be a real nice thing to do for them too. If we could just for one night, give them something that was different because it has to be, but still felt like a, like a lost moon show. Like it had everything that you wanted and it was new and, and it, it felt like a, a worthwhile endeavor. And really that was the goal. It wasn't, we, the show's never been a huge moneymaker or anything, but we were like, you know what, even if we lost money on this one, it would be worth it to do that because I, there's so little of it right now. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where, that's where it sort of came from. It came from that space of taking care of ourselves and, and if possible, other people that we care about. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, this show would not have happened without uh, the passion of, of Dan here. Um, he, he really, uh, you know, it's very, it would have been very easy to not do the show and not do anything. I mean, I know there's a, a sense to, for people looking at, artists who maybe have time on their hands right now to think maybe they're being productive. It's, you know, you're struggling as an artist or a freelancer of any kind against resistance most days, you know, and it's all, it's, it's, it's harder when there's a global pandemic going on Mm -hmm. and you're in an existential place about, you know, life to begin with. So to overcome that resistance that you have to overcome to do something like motivate, to do a show like we're doing, it really takes passion um, and someone's per- particular passion. And, and it, it's been other, it's been different people in this group at different times, but this was really Dan's passion that we are following here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the great thing about our group is we have been together for 10 years and we have built an organization. So we can, if, if, if we have a champion, we can motivate around that and make it happen. Uh, so that, that's really what we're doing on this show. That's lovely, man. That's great. Yeah, I mean, and not to make it more than it is, right? I mean, it's just the end of the day a comedy show, but uh, 
Comedy obviously means a lot to us three here. Oh, yeah. And so if we create a, a little space for 45 minutes or an hour um, that feels honest and, and really honest, I think is the thing that Lost Moon does try to do. You know, it doesn't like, this is a tough show to write because you know, you want to like provide some sort of wrap up that has easy answers. There are no easy answers right now. So it has been an interesting experience. You know, Frank Smith is writing on the, that portion of the show, the Jack portion, the host portion. And it's a real challenge, you know, to really contextualize what we're feeling and have it be funny and, but also doesn't feel like it's, it's pat. You know, it's, 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 been, it's been a really interesting thing. And the other thing that's been, I do get intrigued by this is that the technical challenge of doing this show has been, has been really interesting, you know? Yeah, well, you know, I think it was Dave McKeever who had, had suggested that we could film on our phones, you know, because there is a live, there's going to be a live portion of this show, which is, which is the host, Jack, and stuff like that. And, and hope, we hopefully can get some audience interaction in there too, which I think could be kind of fun. We're, we're, we're working on making that happen. Um, but, you know, just so that we don't have an internet connection die out and we can still have it be of quality and, and have the, the rhythms be tight and everything. You know, we, we recorded a lot of this on our phones separately, but with me directing over Zoom, like in the corner of someone's room, like looking up their nose while they're like doing it to their camera in front of like green tablecloth, you know, from Party City. Like, mm -hmm. it's been a really interesting thing. Like, can this work? Can you, can you do it this way? And I think you can. I think the answer oh, yeah. is it's going to actually look and sound better than you would expect. Right. Um, right. Still feel like an event because it is going to be happening you know, there's a lot of live stuff in this show as well. Uh, right. That's been a real interesting challenge and we've learned a lot about it, you know, uh, <laughs> white balance settings and things of that nature. But yeah. but yeah, it's been fascinating. And I'm really impressed with everybody's ability to rise to the occasion. You know, people that are the actors in the show who need to focus on their performances are also their own cinematographers, I'll be honest, their own directors in a lot of cases. <laughs> you know, yep, it's been tough. Yeah, yeah. Every everyone's had to go to film school. I still ne never stop finding this funny how John Oliver complained about like when he started doing last week tonight from his house, how like over Zoom producers would have to talk John through setting up his own camera and like putting yeah, in yeah, we that, and he's like, wait, what? This is this is so complicated. It is, it is the worst thing to ask um, someone to do if they have to perform is to deal with like a bunch of technical problems right beforehand. Mm -hmm. That is the opposite of the headspace you want to be in. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's interesting to me because, you know, as far as live stream comedy goes, there's been a lot of stand-up. There's been a lot of panels. There's been a lot of storytelling. Sketch comedy just seems to pop in here or there. People give it a shot once or twice, and then uh, they stop it. I, I remember at the beginning of quarantine. Do you guys know Ian Abramson at all? Mm -hmm. Ian right. did. Uh, he's a very very funny guy. He did his own take on SNL, but like it's I don't. I mean, the, a lot of the comedy is out of the premise of itself. He's quarantined by himself in his mom's like ranch or whatever. <laughs> And he's gonna do an episode of SNL essentially by himself. So he sets up every sketch in the different parts of his bedroom and using OBS, he like intercuts between doing a sketch and then going to a remote sketch and then changing costume and changing the camera. Oh my God. And it was insane. It was absolutely. <laughs> 
<laughs> you gotta gotta admire the the attempt. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it is. It's no wonder that there's not a lot of sketch comedy being filmed right now. It's it, it's definitely technically challenging oh, yeah. um, to, to to do it and 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 uh, have decent timing and mm -hmm. to edit it together. It's right. just uh, it, it is very technical. I'm almost eager to. I mean, I think this show is going to be really great, and I'm really excited about it. I'm almost eager to do another at bat just with all the stuff mm -hmm. we learned. You know, I think by the yeah. it'll be sad. by the end of this, we're gonna really really have gotten down the how to do a sketch show in quarantine, and then we'll all get vaccinated, and it'll, right. it'll be bittersweet. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, you know, uh, you can count on enough uh, anti-vaxxers to you know allow you another mm -hmm. shot. Here's hoping. <laughs> yeah, cross my fingers. I I will say too, just to to tag on to the earlier um, point about the kind of impulse to do the show, where the 20% of the proceeds are going to a charity called a place called home, which really? I volunteered at a few times over the, over the years. It's amazing. Like arts organization, um, in South central 50% after we make our ticket sales back, there's a sense of, um, the, Ed Dan mentioned like just doing something for our community. We did a Kickstarter two years ago. Um, we still have some, um, you know, uh, budget from that for our live show. So there is, and all, and the tickets are pay what you can, suggested yeah. donation. So there's definitely a sense of like gift for, uh, in terms of this show right now, it's an experiment for us. And yeah. partly that's keeping the stakes low for us. But right. then there's like a genuine impulse to just put something out there that is, uh, you know, um, hopefully cathartic and funny and joyful for our audience, um, you know, a week before this fucking crazy election. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> that, it's I all mean, over, things get back to normal. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. I'll wait for two weeks before all the mail-in ballots are counted. Um, yeah. That's been another crazy thing about this show, is writing this show is so hard to do because while we're writing it, Trump gets COVID. I mean, that's the kind of, fun house reality we're all in right now, uh, which is one of the necessities of having a live component. Like we can right up until the show, we can throw whatever we need to into the show. Right. But but uh, th yeah, it's just so absurd. But uh, anyway, not to take away from Ryan's point. Uh, yeah, he had picked that that uh, charity and I was really happy to hear about it. I had never heard of it before, but it, it kind of ticked all the boxes for what we're trying to do here, which is that like, hey, we're always about the importance of art and comedy mm -hmm. under any circumstance. And this organization, you know, works with with kids to to create theater, um, and that you know it's it's socially conscious. And I think that, that we're all thinking about that stuff now. You're talking about marches and activism, and that's a big part of our lives. Right. And I think a big part of the show is just self care and and taking care of your emotional mental health. And right. again, I think giving these kids a place to do theater is right. ticks that box as well. Absolutely, for all those reasons and more. I mean, that's part of why uh, you know. Me here at the Comedy Bureau, I'm partnering with you guys at Lost Moon Radio, to uh, and we're presenting the show co part as co partners. Totally, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And you're doing, you know, a, a, a service by keeping people abreast of what's going on in the comedy world in this time where it's very difficult to, mm -hmm. uh, you know. Uh, to do comedy yep. so it also feels good to uh to partner with you and have you know 
you supporting us and us making this crazy uh, attempt and um, mm -hmm. us being a part of, of what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'll hear me when uh, say this when I uh, sign off at the end of the podcast, but so much of this podcast got started in quarantine and it very quickly became apparent to me that, you know, it's, it's like, you know, when you go around and see all these businesses that have all these like, we're open signs of like, yeah, you have to remind everybody that they're open. Uh, I feel the same obligation, like comedy's still happening, guys. I know that a bunch of stand-ups like to joke that it's dead and that we, we can't do it anymore and there's nothing to laugh at, but that's not true. You know, Ryan said to me once that he didn't think of comedy as a genre. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, it is a tool, it is, it is a force. Mm -hmm. So you can't kill that, you know what I mean? You can stop making westerns, you right. know, you can stop making sci-fi movies, but you can't stop having comedy exist. Right. Are there other like wise things that I've said that you That's feel it. like sharing? That's it. Yeah. No. Cool. <laughs> Jake, are there any wise things I've said that you feel like sharing? Um, hmm. Hmm. Becca, you can come off mute. A lot more time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, if you guys think of anything. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, that all, I'll, I'll put that up here. But that's baked cool. into the title of the show. I mean, Lost Moon Radio is doing fine, right? I mean, it's obviously ironic to an extent and speaking to like what we're going through, but it's also, it is, there's within that a statement of we're still here, mm -hmm. you know, Lost Moon Radio, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't just go our separate ways, right? you know, we've made it this far, most of us childless, still right. doing this show. <laughs> we're not going to stop because of some stupid pandemic. Right. No, I think that's important, though, man. I mean, you know, there's this billboard. I, I don't know if it's still around, but like saying this sort of message of solidarity about how we're alone together, which I always found weird. Um, but like to, to actively remind people that we're still here, uh, that we're also here, I mean, is a good sort of counterbalance to the isolation that we're all being forced in, into, you know? Um, and it's, it's, it gives you a little bit of hope. Look, I do hope I do when, when I get into a hopeful place about this, I do have hope for it. The fact that this is happening to in different ways, but to everyone in the world. And I do hope in, in, in this country, which is uh, where our community of this country is so fractured, um, that there is perhaps a, uh, you know, reassessment of the value of community and the value of theater spaces and the value of you know just being being together in real life right um yeah. cool i think our show's gonna do that uh yeah I wait uh so i do too let everybody know the details of the show lost moon's doing fine is happening yeah. oh the details yes october 27th mm -hmm. uh 7 p.m pacific but of course as ryan mentioned you can see this anywhere so mm -hmm. 10 o'clock Eastern and, yep. you know, check your local listings. Right. Uh, we're doing it on YouTube live, I believe. And you can get, but you can get the information at lostmoonradio.com. If you go there, there's a, you scroll down, you'll see a link to our show and that'll give you all the details about how you can, uh, you know, uh, it's a suggested donation. And as Ryan mentioned, this is, we're giving a portion of that to a place called home and you should get all the information there. You'll be able to join us. Great. Um, is there anything else? Yeah, I, that is about uh, the show. Uh, all I wanted to uh, 
get out of you guys. Is there anything else you would like to mention, plug? Where can people find you on the, in, on the internet? I'll plug one thing. Um, uh, I got to do a song for this uh, movie that my brother-in-law made called Faith Based, which is really, um, which is really great. It's like a satire of the Christian film business and it just came out last week. It's on VOD and all that. Um, but it, it's truly funny. There are like great actors there. They got Jason Alexander and Margaret Cho and, um, uh, uh, David Kochner, um, a lot of, a lot of great people. And it was just like a, a joy to make and like a joyful movie coming out at, at, at this sort of uh, heavy time. Um, so I'll plug that. Uh, I'll just mention one more time, lostmoonradio.com and we're on all the socials. So, you know, Facebook, Lost Moon Radio, I believe Instagram, Lost Moon Radio and Twitter, Lost Moon Radio. Um, and I have my own podcast, uh, which is I do with my buddy Doug. Ryan's even listened to it. So I've got at least one listener. A number of times. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, multiple times. He's come back for more. It's called A Podcast But Evil. And it's just about a different villain each week. Um, and we had a big, we had a biggest guest just a few weeks back because we did uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad. And I happened to be good friends with Badger, Matt Jones uh, from Breaking Bad. So he came on to uh, give us some. Some Dan, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tell you my dad, uh, my dad listened to all of uh, Moriarty. Ah, see, we, so we did Professor Moriarty and Ryan and I were saying dads love Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> it's a thing that dads love. So tell your dad about that. Um, Ryan's dad, by the way, uh, is one of my favorite Lost Moon characters. He came on for a web series we did and he played an evil uh, Russian, well, at least a sinister Russian bartender. <laughs> and okay. it was fantastic. Very yeah, cool. One line. Yeah. Yeah. What? Just one line. Very talented. Uh, oh, look at this, Jake. Your your hiccups came back right at the end. They here. did. They did. Yeah. I think they're. I think they're stress based. You, you, you're stressing out because you know that this is coming to an end. And what's yeah. next? Yeah. Arrivals and departures. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. Jacobian. Yeah. Uh, it, it, unfortunately, that, that time. Uh, please do check out all the stuff. Um, and do check out Lost Moon Radio is doing fine um, because it is great. And we'll be partnering uh, here at the Comedy Bureau with Lost Moon Radio and presenting it. Um, I'm Jay Kroger, founder of the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau, across socials. God. <laughs> God. Okay, you'll edit these out. Yeah, I, I, I will edit these out. Um, over the course of Good luck with that. On Instagram, um, not the supermarket. Um, on Twitter, at MFJ Kroger. Uh, um, there are plenty of great uh, causes to support this time, uh, like uh, the ones that uh, Lost Moon Radio are supporting. But um, if you have money or uh, gener generosity after that, you can please support the Comedy Bureau. On Patreon or uh, Venmo or GoFundMe, all that will be in the so socials. Um, is there anything you guys would like to say before we sign off? Ryan, any last words of wisdom? Slam evil, you know. <laughs> Slam evil. Right on, right on. You, Dan? Oh no, I just want to second that. Okay, cool. <laughs> the for the Phantom. Slam evil. Well, here we go. As I like to say at the end of every podcast, 
comedy is still happening. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Guineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.